I fell into that same trap of like, I want to start a veteran nonprofit. From the veteran serving side, we just kept creating new programs. And years later, we realized that was just adding to the redundancy. It was adding to the duplication. It was adding to the confusion in the marketplace. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen. And I've got John Burschler, CEO over at Combined Arms. He's actually the gentleman who runs everything. I just asked him exactly how he wanted me to, to introduce him. But the reality is, as with every organization, there's always more to the story. There's so many people involved in, in all the organizations that we talk to. But John, I appreciate you taking some time to spend some time with the Knucklehead audience today, man. How's your day going? Oh, it's great. It's going great. I mean, from one knucklehead to another, right? So thank you. Fun to me, say. And I feel like I'm at home. So appreciate and it. it. It's fun to say, isn't it? Just yeah. knucklehead. Yeah. One knuckle. Yeah. I get it. Marines so, are nothing but knuckleheads, right? So we are at myself. I'm a special, unique blend of knucklehead. I'm a little bit of a knuckle dragger myself. I've got like these scars on my, on my yeah. hand. It's just, it's just what I do. It's just a wire, man, right there. So <laughs> I fall victim to low expectations is is what I hear all the time. I'm just kidding. So it, honestly, there's been a lot of movement lately, I'd say, in the in the veteran space. And we're not here to talk about exclusively just veteran business organizations. However, that's that's kind of what we are. And that we when we play in that space. And you yourself, you you play in the space of of connecting transitioning veterans with unique opportunities out there in the marketplace and I screw up businesses all the time just as a way to tell people what they do when they actually do something completely different. So help people understand a little bit about not just what you've done and kind of what got you to this point, but a little bit about what Combined Arms does and does differently than maybe some of its predecessors out there that are trying to solve the same problem. Yeah, absolutely. So Combined Arms takes a much different approach. Like we're actually coming in and providing the connected tissue to the existing veteran service organizations, whether they're government or nonprofit, and making sure that they can communicate with each other. Because the biggest waste and the biggest redundancy, the biggest duplication of effort that's out there is that every VSO and every agency is trying to get the clients and serve their clients, and they do that in a vacuum. Well, we're enabling them to not only better serve the clients, which if we're trying to put the veterans at the center of all this, which we should, to better serve the veterans and their families that are coming to them, but also be able to share data, share best practices, collaborate effectively, and hold the agencies that are on their left and their right more accountable. And we track it all through our technology platform. So it's kind of uh, disrupting the, the traditional veteran landscape in a lot of ways by flipping the social service delivery model of the past really on its head so that we can not only make sure that veterans and their families don't fall through the cracks and that they have better access to resources, but most importantly, hold the agencies that serve them accountable for, for what they say they're doing. Yeah, well, that's a great place to start. I think that to be able to execute against that, that's a huge mission, right? And you need a, a bunch of tentacles out there in terms of advocates for your brand, but you know, essentially folks that are out there using the software or talking about the efficacy of how uh, how much better you're making things than the than the previous experience. And I think that with today's post nine eleven veteran, that's almost our expectation. I mean, we come we come into the into the civilian world, you know, wanting to kick ass and take names without for lack of a better term, that's that's just what we want to do. We feel as if, hey, listen, we, we served our country. We did what we said we were going to do. They did right by us. Now let's do right as a veteran to the rest of our community that's in the local community, the community being the business ecosystem where we live, but, but then also for the future veterans that are going to come after us because technology is different now than what it was 30 or 40 years ago. You know, it's, it's going to be different 30 or 40 years from now. 
So yep. let's start where we're at and build, you know, essentially build these tools and systems out there that actually go and solve the problem that we're dealing with and potentially can set the table for where future veterans are going to be. Would you say that that's counter to how the problem was solved in the past? Or how did we get to be here to where that's such a disruptive yet simple way of solving the problem using technology to make sure everybody's doing what they said they were going to do? Well, you know, it, it, and a lot of it starts with the transition process in itself. And as, as we both know, and as many, many others know, when you step off base and you're discharged, you're automatically a displaced worker because you're coming from California, Missouri, Virginia, you're coming back to places like Texas or, or wherever, and you don't have the professional and personal networks that the, your civilian counterparts do. And so you're already at a disadvantage. And so the military creating this, the largest number of displaced workers in the world every year, 200 to, to 250,000 approximately, young men and women transition out of the service, like this is a huge public problem of all these folks transferring to, to different areas and, and then trying to rebuild their networks and rebuild their lives. And the Defense Department, you know, they don't do enough to ensure that these veterans are connected to the local resources and connected to the community. And it costs taxpayers billions of dollars in one way or another in unemployment benefits or ER visits or housing programs or, you know, what have you. Uh, we could save a lot of money uh, in, in terms of how we execute these programs. And so what we're trying to solve is, you know, when a veteran does get to the community, and this is how it used to be, is each VSO, each veteran service organization has their own little fiefdom that they don't want to share. And we've kind of changed that. We've driven a ton of behavior change around basically incentivizing those organizations to share those clients bilaterally between one another so that they don't fall through the cracks once again. And so if we're able to achieve greater success by making sure that these veteran service organizations are not only playing better together in the same space and sharing clients, sharing data, sharing best practices, collaborating more effectively, then we can actually prove to the Defense Department and the, the, the country at large and actually tell that transitioning Lance Corporal or tell that transitioning petty officer that, hey, if you're if you're coming back to Texas, you need to go to, you know, check into this website three months, six months before your EAS or your final PCS move. And then we can accelerate their transition from military to civilian life. You bring up two interesting points. One, that's current state, right? Future state is going to be that process will mature and you can use that use case, not just in Texas. Although, you know, I'm biased. I live in Texas. We live in Texas, the great country of Texas. We got to set the stage for and, the, you know, the, the order of events of how things are going to be deployed uh, nationwide. At least that's what we hope to do. Right. right. I'm assuming. Well, if we can prove it here in Texas, the one of the largest markets of veterans and the, high, the highest destination for veterans then we can certainly use that methodology to expand to other states and other regions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal way to solve a problem. We're creatures of habit, right? You know, and this is Knucklehead Podcast. This isn't, you know, you did it perfectly for the first time, every time podcast or Guy Raz, how I built this. We lead with the fact that you're going to screw it up along the way, right? The whole process of us being disconnected to begin with, you know, a a way to solve the problem was to create a, a social network similar to what you know, uh, some of the technology applications that are out there trying to connect people and solve a problem that way. Again, there's problems that that occur with that type of solution, similar to what, what this might actually end up presenting. However, that's that's not where we're at. Where, where we're at now is let's just try to get folks connected. Because, in you know, whenever you're in the military, for civilians that are out there, if you need to go find a home, what you do is you got to go find a realtor. Well, then how do you find a quality one? Right. In, in the military, they try to make it easy by just putting housing you know, or, or, hey, Trimble Management Office, go and talk to your TMO and they'll help coordinate a move. Here's a checklist to go get some things prepped before you go from one duty station to another. 
And actually, the, the military tries to solve this problem whenever they, they move from one place to another by having somebody at that unit adopt you in a way. They, they say, hey, this is my sponsor. They are going to try to take care of some right. things and set some things in motion ahead of time. So this is a, a very similar process. And quite frankly, you are the subject matter expert, John. You at Combined Arms and some of the other uh, veteran transition organizations because that's that's the model that you did whenever you were in the military. So now you're just exactly. doing it at scale across different industries to provide solutions to to veterans whenever it comes to employment. But let's solve that problem that way because we've already we already solved it. We were already doing it in the military. So let's let's just use that same process, right? Or is that a mischaracterization? No, that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's really check out your unit in California, check in your new unit here in Texas through combined arms. Yeah. How did you get to a point where you're like, you know what? This seems like a viable. I mean, was this was this your 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 brainchild, or did you did you come through a series of you know snubbing yeah, your toe up against lots the wall? Of mistakes, yeah. a huge portfolio of mistakes, and that we continue to make. Let's talk about one. Let's talk about one. What was one that uh, that you know that you feel comfortable sharing here that yeah. you, you know that folks would probably make? Talk a little bit about some of that emotional turmoil going associated with that one. Well, from the veteran serving side, I mean, uh, there's there's everybody out there that's like, I want to start a veteran nonprofit. First of all, please don't. Like, please don't add more confusion into the marketplace, not only for other BSOs, but for donors, for clients, for the vet transitioning service personnel themselves. Like, please don't. There's probably one, two, or even 50 organizations that probably already do the exact same thing that you want to do. So before you start something, please reach out to us and we'll, we'll connect you to the right folks. And maybe you can help amplify their mission. Maybe you can help raise money for them. Maybe you can help deliver programming in a new and innovative way for them. Um, so, so everyone wants to do that. And we fell into the same cycle when I got into this uh, 13 years ago, you know, all these programs were popping up and this was right after the Walter Reed scandal. So like everybody wanted to do something, the ticker tape parade was in full parade honors. Right. So the sea of goodwill was just, you know, flowing. Right. And that has changed dramatically over the last 10 years. But what happened in, the, in those days, we all created, like, we just kept creating new programs. And years later, we realized that that was just adding to the redundancy. It was adding to the duplication. It was adding to the confusion in the marketplace. So we finally realized, after making all those mistakes, that we needed to create a system of programs that connected all of the different organizations themselves, connected employment-serving agencies to VA benefits and housing and healthcare and mental health and social connectedness and volunteer engagement making sure that, you know, we're working, you know, combined arms. No one unit can accomplish the mission on, on its own. Why are we not intersecting our fields of fire? Why are we not overlaying our bus maps? And we finally got it right. And and when I say right, I mean, relatively right, because we still make mistakes every day and we learn from them and adjust the process. But, but yeah, it, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is like, I fell into that same trap of like, I want to start a better nonprofit. Just don't, you know, uh, it come, come, <laughs> just, just reach out to us and we'll help you out, you know? So can I so can I ask you a question real quick about some specifics? Because I saw a, a great video that Governor Abbott had put out there. Governor Abbott yeah. is the governor of the state of Texas, and he was talking a little bit about one of the first. What's the term that he used? Is it a connected state? Yeah. So the Texas Veterans Network and the mission behind that, the vision behind that from the governor and the Workforce Commission is to make Texas the first interconnected state for veterans and their families in the country. So the first interconnected state, which is a heck of an accomplishment to even get to that point where. You know, the governor puts out a video explaining the mission. But, you know, much to your point, 13 years ago, we rewind the clock back a little bit. Most of those programs were essentially well-intended, too. Right. So 
let's look at those two scenarios here and talk to us about maybe the first time that you tried to go get, you know, state sponsorship or some type of involvement. How was that different? You know, the first time you tried it versus what you're doing now. Oh man, it's worlds, worlds apart. Right. I mean, because you're, you're dealing with a state government now that has its own robust veteran programming, but an inability to connect the state agencies to one another, first of all, and let alone connect to the federal agencies like VA and let alone connect to the community-based nonprofit organizations. So if we can help solve that problem for the state, which is what we're charged to do, then we can achieve that full, you know, integration, so to speak, uh, um, as the first state to accomplish that. And so it's just, like I said, kind of overlaying bus maps, but in, you know, the Marine Corps, we call it intersecting fields of fire, but for, you know, for a lot of folks, I use the overlaying bus maps, you know, metaphor, that's essentially what we're doing. We're not creating anything new. We're just connecting the disconnected uh, between the state agencies, the, the federal agencies, and the community-based nonprofit organizations so that they can more holistically serve veterans and their families and be held accountable by putting a scoreboard up for all the work that they do. If folks that are listening to this podcast are, are wondering, all right, how's this different than what I've heard the Legion does or what their local, maybe Chamber of Commerce? Sure. How would they activate, you know, in their local community? Would they essentially just go to your site? Like walk people through what they would do if they're hearing this and they're going, yeah, I, I, I want to get involved, but I, I feel as if there's so much energy that gets wasted, so to speak, in how to get involved. What, what do they do? Yeah, reach out to us. So on the website, you can become a partner organization for a Chamber of Commerce or, or an American Legion post. You can uh, register to become a supporter. You can register to become a client and, and get services yourself. There's any number of ways you can get involved in what we're doing, but we need to partner with Chambers of Commerce. We need to partner with the American Legion VFW in a more aggregate way. I mean, we have great partnerships with like the state and national level, but down to the post community level, we need those connective hooks to make sure that if a veteran comes in the front door, then there, then somebody in the Legion has our mobile app and they'll be able to connect them into VA benefits. They'll be able to connect them into employment services. They'll be able to connect them into VA healthcare. Yeah, it's interesting. The I want to say the well-oiled machine that is the military that maybe needs a little bit more oil. <laughs> I would say it's in theory, it works significantly better whenever we're doing whatever it is that we were trained to do, whether that be you know logistics or supply or to your point earlier about uh, intersecting fields of fire, uh, you know, at the infantry. So going and doing your thing now administratively, that creates a completely different set of burdens on the individual. So instead of an organization doing it for you, it's not necessarily meant, and I want to be clear here in in Knucklehead, what we've done is we've been very clear at, at putting messages out there for the individual to take responsibility upon themselves, to go and ask an organization to assist, to create more clarity, not to pass the, the administrative burden on to the organization to do it for the veteran. And I just want to be clear here, right? That's that right. you're talking about having the individual take responsibility to figure out themselves and also use some of your experience to, to create a better outcome for them. Is that, is that right? Or is that another mischaracterization on my part? Well, no, I mean, it's, if all these government agencies and nonprofit organizations are receiving federal taxpayer dollars or state taxpayer dollars or donor dollars or foundation grants, we're going to hold them accountable for how quickly and effectively they serve them. Because if they say they're getting these dollars and they're going to serve veterans and their families, okay, roger that. We're going to measure that. We're going to see how quickly you respond to them. We're going to see how many positive outcomes you produce when you work with those contacts. We're going to let the veterans rate their experience like they would at Uber, getting an Uber ride or you know going to a restaurant and rating a restaurant on Yelp. Um, and so, so you'll have that real-time feedback. So you can tighten up your 
uh, you know, the way that you deliver those services. And we've seen a dramatic change in behavior. For example, the average response time in number of hours like three years ago was at 160 hours across all agencies. Now it's at 27 hours. So we've seen this dramatic shift in accountability um, because we're, we're making sure that they're they're actually being looked at for the first time. And on the veterans, yeah, we can you can put more onus on them by letting them self-drive to the resources, but making sure that it's easy for them to access it online, making sure that it's easy. If they get connected to an agency, then that agency can then bilaterally refer them to another agency for another service so that that, that no wrong door approach is there. But ultimately, you know, we need the installations to direct them. If they're coming back to Texas or they're coming back to the X, number, X Y, or Z state or, or region, then they check out of that unit and they check into our unit and and, and it's a seamless transaction. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really great way to illustrate just with using data there to say, listen, here's what the average time was, right? And our goal is to make things better. And there will be a point in time when, you know, these processes become more mature also. And you have uh, other organizations and individuals that have participated, they'll be able to essentially make the whole experience significantly different too. There's, there's gaps and processes. There's always going to be those, uh, those opportunities for, uh, you know, for improvement. So for our civilian counterparts, when we use language like that here on knucklehead, what we do is we, we go and we communicate with individuals at the corporate level, but that's still an individual. That's an, that's a person there at that organization that's experienced some screw ups along the way. Can you talk real quick, just to kind of what the ecosystem is like, if you could compare and contrast maybe some of what we deal with, you know, at the veteran level and even at the VSO level, similarly to what a, what an organization who has no military experience or maybe no context behind uh, this big problem that you're solving is, I mean, is it, is it the equivalent of kind of like a Yelp for businesses, but you're doing it for other organizations that deal exclusively with the military or what's the, what's the civilian yeah. equivalent? So I would, I would say the civilian equivalent from the veteran perspective, it's like amazon.com, but instead of going online and shopping for habits, you're shopping for employment services, you're shopping for VA benefits, you're shopping for VA healthcare. And when you click that easy button, when you get referred to that organization for to deliver that service, that organization has 96 hours to get back to you, just like they would in the in the open marketplace by shipping that goods, those goods to you. We're holding them accountable for, for that transaction and making sure that the client, the customer, the end user, the veteran in this case, is, uh, is is treated fairly and, and gets what they want. Once the veteran gets served by that agency or once that customer gets the package, then they're able to rate that experience online so that other future customers can, can see their experience. And then they're able to leave some qualitative feedback as well on that. So they have a one to five Yelp you know, or, or Google or whatever style scale on stars. So that gives you a, a quantitative feedback um, that you can average out and, and then say 4.5 or four stars or what have you. And then the qualitative feedback gives the, the organization's real-time feedback on how they're doing. So there's a, there's a, there's, there's elements of that. There's also elements of the better, better business bureau. I mean, so when we publish these report cards on how these organizations and agencies are doing, we're doing so in a public way, because I think that the, the, everyone has a right to know how our veterans are being treated by these agencies. And if they're not doing a great job, Maybe they shouldn't be doing delivering that service. Maybe they should rethink their business model, their service model, or get out of that business altogether. So it's all about accountability on both sides of it. And I think uh, I think the model that we've kind of come up with is reflective of a lot of different things in the civilian marketplace 
the chamber of commerce model as well, because we have so many different agencies and so many different organizations that come together on a monthly basis to share best practices, to network, to get to know each other, to share clients. That's really what it's all about. When you go into a chamber of commerce meeting, you're there to network and meet with people so that you can share customers and you can share commerce, right? Same thing. We've, we've set up this, this opportunity for these agencies to connect on a routine basis so that they can not only know who the, they one another is and but how to properly refer to one another, how to share customers and clients together, and how to achieve the mission uh, and, and the vision of each organization collectively. Yeah, larger impact too. I, yeah. I, I like that. I like the, uh, well, it's, it's yeah. it collective impact, I was going to say, just a truly combined arms. That's that's what that is. So tell people just real quick, how can people get in touch with you, John? And yeah. how do they get in touch with your team or how do they get started? You, you referenced it a little bit earlier, but for those of you who are slow on the uptake than myself, how can people get involved? Yeah, they can email me anytime at john at combinedarms.us. Uh, I left my last name out because it's a tragically German and hard to spell, or the, hence the burst and the slur. Um, but just john at combinedarms.us rather. Uh, you can also go to our website, combinedarms.us, or you, if you want to check out the Texas Veterans Network website, it's just texasveterans.network. And then that's where you'll see the Governor Abbott video. That's where you see kind of checking your unit, checking our unit uh, here in Texas kind of uh, language. So would love to have, uh, you know, anyone follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and all that good stuff, too. Fantastic. Well, listen, that's that's exactly my suggestion to you is to do that. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're listening to it from the from the standpoint of you like listening to other people's screw ups along the way, listen to them. We've had other veteran nonprofits come on here and and talk a little bit about their cause and kind of the pain that they had to experience and they saw a need in the marketplace. Listen, if that's you listening, maybe go to John first. Maybe go check it out and see if there is an organization that's already established that you can go help take your skill set in your local community and go be you know a chapter for what it is that they're already doing. He, jokingly, he's talking about don't start another veteran transition organization. And the reason why is there's over 45,000 of them. Now, right. now, I don't necessarily know how well they're doing after COVID, but my whole point is is, is there's, there's already been somebody who's already created it. So go find out there, leverage the skill set that you've earned as you join the military and as you're transitioning out and go leverage information, not just for your benefit, but like he was talking about for the collective benefit too. There's folks who are a little bit further upstream in terms of executing their mission. There's an opportunity where you can get involved there. So Absolutely. go and check out some of those resources that he was talking about. John, anything else that you want to leave these folks with before we jam today, man? No, thanks so much uh, for having this knucklehead on the knucklehead podcast. And we'll be sure to push it out once you get it published. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for those of you who are listening, we got new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. You're listening to Knucklehead Podcast brought to you by Manscaped, uh, our buddies over there to help us. If you're coming back from the field, trust me, you're going to go need some help. <laughs> so go over there to Manscaped and get yourself some assistance. Tell them the knucklehead sent you and we'll help you out. So with that being said, John, we appreciate you taking some time for everybody else. Don't be a bait about the process. Go out and get you some wins and we'll see you along the trail. Let's take care of yourself. See you guys.